0: That is a name. Like, um, there's there's a guy named Mike Mangini who's like the drummer for Queenstrike and like Stevie Vai, and uh, but it's M A N G I N I, instead okay. of O N E. Yeah, I was like, crap. How do I pronounce that? I, I was like, I'm a terrible person. I should know this, but I don't. But I just say man, up. just say man, and then get fast at the end, and let your mouth just okay. say what it wants <laughs> to say. We're here with Mike Mangina. <laughs> yeah. That's my favorite. That's my favorite one.
1: <laughs> sure, heard that a lot in junior high school.
0: Yep. Cool.
1: So, uh, what we're gonna do is this is gonna be a little bit different. Uh, we're gonna uh, start off by just because we, we suck, we really suck at like interviewing and s- stuff like that. Uh, we're gonna do five like warm-up questions. Uh, there are no like right or like wrong answers. It's just kind of like whatever you want. Yeah, and then see where it goes from there. Alright, we'll start over again. Hi everyone, this is another episode of Catching Foxes where Luke Carey does the introduction, Boo. so it's very awkward. We're uh, here with songwriter Mike Joni. Um, Did I do that right?
0: That's pretty good. It Man, sounded that's... like you're nervous, but... I'm <laughs> trying you're to hated. figure it out. Like you were yeah. hesitant yeah. to go for it. I'm yeah. like, oh. <laughs> It's like you, you, you crept up on the diving board, and he waited yeah. a minute. Yeah, like, you got oh, it. Man, Johnny.
1: I'm from Ohio. We don't have a lot of Italians here. Um... <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: Cincinnati. Cincinnati has some. That's true.
1: That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: They're like... There's like eight of them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> They're my brothers. Um, so,
1: uh... uh He's a songwriter. He's a very. I actually had uh, had the privilege of. Gosh, you you were in town in Cincinnati about a year ago now, right? Yeah, it's been it's a year. Right. Yeah, that is crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you did a great, great job there. Even more fun was the bar. It was the bar afterward because you were gone for like we were all like hanging out and then you were gone and you were like evangelizing to some like dude at the bar and I was like, yeah. ready to go! I don't. I I just immediately like went into I'm in like off work mode, so I'm not doing that. <laughs>
0: I <laughs> was like, uh, way to know, go, Mike!" You, evangelizing is a strong word. I was just having a conversation first. You, know. <laughs> you were like, "Screw those people! <laughs> this guy's this guy's way more." <clears throat> we had uh, we had mutual friends. We had mutual friends in theater. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah.
1: that's that's right. There you go. Yeah, so, yeah. All right, um, we're gonna do with uh, because we've gotten enough complaints that we're terrible at at like interviewing people, or it's all just inside conversations. Um, which is fine by me. Uh, we're going to uh, try something brand new where we're going to ask you just like five like warm up questions here, and they're just kind of like fun things. And there is no like right or wrong answer. You can go ahead and lie; no <laughs> okay. one cares. Uh, okay, so okay, here's and then after each one, if we feel like it, it might add for some interesting conversations and whatnot. Okay, so here we go. You, we're gonna. Start.
0: gonna I, is it all like when you when you play like when somebody listens to the episode or all the answers going to be question answer going to in a row, or are you just going to splice these up? Oh, they'll, they'll all be so like, in a they'll row. It could be kind of exciting if there's a randomly <laughs> in our conversation in like a half hour just like a random <laughs> answer.
1: Oh, that'd be amazing. He's on drugs. That's, that's a
2: new way to do it. Sold. Yeah. Just an idea.
1: <laughs>
2: well, we're going to do that, now, yeah. Yeah. We're <laughs> <gonna> <laughs> do that now, officially. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we're going to do that.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah. So we are now. Yeah. Sorry. I'm sorry, Homer. I have the, I have the floor. You do. So we're currently in Advent season. Let's pretend that like you have one. You're given one omnipotent power for Advent. You can only make one decision. What is it like? Like whatever you say goes. Well, uh, one decision? One decision, and then that's it. Like er, like the entire universe has to abide by that one decision that you make for 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 uh,
0: for Advent. Like that's it. Um, Can this be like? Can I stretch it hardcore, and and um, give myself kind of like special powers? I mean, yeah, yes, I will. Except you
1: can't do the whole like I want like omnipotent options.
0: I would just, I I would just love the ability, me personally, nobody else, to be taken off on a chariot to heaven whenever I feel like it. So like, (laughs) if I'm in a, if like, if there's an awkward situation, whether it be conversation or meeting this podcast, for instance, this podcast, yeah. all of a away. sudden, this chariot and I like I, I go off and nobody, no matter how bad or good the conversation was up to that point, nobody would able be able to talk about anything but the fact that I was just taken away yeah. in that manner.
2: Yeah, it's like Bill Murray when he goes up and eats someone's french fries at
1: a restaurant and he just says, right. no one will, no believe, one will you. believe you. <laughs> yeah. How great would that be to have at any of the young adult events there are for parishes and um, dioceses across the country? Like, you're in that awkward thing where it's like, crap, I'm stuck here,
0: and you can just go and vanish and you're like, see ya. There's been many. There's been many shows that I've been brought into that when I'm, like, in front of four people... Performing in like a, a church basement that I wouldn't, I would love if that's how I exited. <laughs> <laughs> Just because then, then it gives him something to talk about, you know, it'd be yeah. like a positive, like, hey, the show was all right, but let me tell you something about his exit.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> he summoned a chariot and
2: flew
1: out of the basement. I, yeah, I, I mean, believe in God now because of that. Yeah. Because of his it Irish was. goodbye. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, right. All
2: that's right,
1: right. Uh, Question two. So out of all of the Christmas songs out there, and there are tons and tons, which mm-hmm. one do you wish you wrote because, A, you just think it's a great song and it really speaks to your heart, and, B, you would get the royalties from that, from that song?
0: Oh, well, definitely the, um, the, Wham, um, the Wham one last Christmas. <laughs> I wish I wrote that. <laughs> I don't think I know that song. Yeah, you do. Don't don't play that character on this podcast. <laughs> no, I'm trying to remember. You're trying to get me to sing it, aren't you? Yes. you yes, to actually, yeah, yes, actually, yeah. Like, how does uh, it go? <clears throat> it goes like this. Ready? <clears throat> okay. Imagine like synthesizer, and then I go. Uh, <clears throat> Last Christmas, I gave you. Oh yeah, a- yeah, yeah. That's oh, that's wham. Okay. I give, I'm still yeah. singing. Gave it away this year. Yeah. Uh, no, but I, because my kids love that one, that's their favorite Christmas song, which I think it's funny because me growing up, uh. that was not a Christmas <laughs> song, <laughs> but to them it's like their whole life. That's been a Christmas song. So that's so funny. Mm-hmm. And I bet but, you that the royalties from that are fantastic. They gotta be. Although, I mean, the, the methods of listening to that now is through like Spotify and, and Pandora, which I don't know if you've heard, but the royalties there are not You get not one very good. trillionth
2: of a
1: penny.
0: Yeah, it's pretty yeah. bad.
1: Isn't it like three hundredth, like three hundredth of a penny, like
0: point zero zero three cents? Oh, that's more. There is more zeros than that. Yeah, it's 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 really bad. It's zero 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 and then a, a number, um, other than zero. But uh, I mean, just if you, if you, if you can imagine, not that we need to go down this rabbit hole, but if you can imagine, like you know, ten fifteen years ago, <clears throat> and not to be the the old musician guy that's complaining because I don't care anymore about anything but um <laughs> just imagine like you're playing a show and you typically you would sell 10% of your audience od- 10% of your audience right mm-hmm. so you can be walking away with double what you're making in your in your guarantee or you know e- equaling your guarantee and doubling your your walk away but now those numbers are that's why like everybody's increasing merch so you got like keychains and hats and belt buckles and cozies and stuff like that but yeah i mean it, the the royalty checks from that stuff is like Tiny. So I always say, if you're gonna buy one of my, if you're gonna not buy one of my records and you're gonna stream it, that's totally cool. But I just want to have an agreement that for at least two weeks you're gonna play my station nonstop, and <laughs> the volume can be down,
2: <laughs> but just play it nonstop, and I'll yeah, get five dollars. So Spotify, <laughs> <We did. laughs> Spotify pays zero point zero zero six to zero point zero zero eight four per stream to the holder of the music rights. But Holder can be split among the record label, producers, artists, and songwriters. Yeah. All right, here's the deal. You ain't got no staff, no time, and certainly no budget to make creating compelling content for social media in any way a priority. So what do you do as a Catholic parish? Probably what most parishes do, and you just copy and paste things straight from your bulletin page onto your Facebook page. (laughs) man, that ain't no way to live. And yet all the millennials, Gen Xers, and even grumpy, fussy baby boomers are online like 24 seven, which means your church can be online like 24 seven. And they don't just want you to have a presence online. They want it to be good. Like, Like, really, really good. That's why CatholicSocial.media exists. You subscribe to them, and they hook you up with daily social media posts that you can personalize for your parish without their, like, logo all over the stuff. You know, like when you illegally pull stuff from Google Image Search and it has other people's logos all over everything? Not that I've ever done that. I am as pure as the morning dew. CatholicSocial.media is a Catholic company with Catholic artists, designers, writers, and videographers coming up with the very best stuff for your parish and you can look like a genius and save time and money. Head on over right now to try.catholicsocial.media. Apparently, the design nerds over there are big fans of Catching Foxes, and they created a free trial with the discount code FOXES for you just to try out their stuff and see if it's a good fit for your parish. That's a free trial with the promo code FOXES over at try.catholicsocial.media. Special thanks to catholicsocial.media for sponsoring
1: this show. So, like... Mm -hmm. Um, so way, way, way back when I used to work at a record label like 10 years ago or so. And like, you would have a like producer and they would get, and they would get like points on the album, which of course you're aware of this, but for anyone who isn't like, it's where they get like a dollar per record or something like that, or like, you know, however they're, um, so they would um, make money off of like, you know, each of the records that was, um, that was, um, that was sold. Is that like how has that changed for like like producers? Like 'cause that's gotta really hurt them.
0: Well, I they still imagine. have that. They still have that system, but it's not really relevant anymore. Now it's not just like units per sold, now it's also digital sold.
1: Okay. okay. It, they have
0: points on digital and also points on on licensing. So if I was to make you know, with licensing, not, gosh, not to bore you guys with this, but you make money up front for the use of a song. And then you make money on the back end, the mailbox money, which is like the royalties, right? And that's how like, like George Michael's estate is still making money from that song. That's the back end. Um, So they would get a percentage of the front end, right? Of like, if I get a thousand dollars for you to use a song up front, then they would get, three percent if they had three points you know so they still do that actually that's funny you said it because i just got a a call from my last producer who was like hey man just he actually called me and and emailed me and then texted me so i'm like oh something's up <laughs> <laughs> it's a he's a little too friendly trying to reach me and he's like hey just wondering you know if i just listened to the record loved it man good job it's so great we did a great job blah 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 hey by the way i haven't seen any royalties from the points you know and i'm like well that's because it hasn't made money. <laughs> so, there like, okay, uh, you go. Hey, uh, and I'm sure this,
1: like, isn't him, but it's like, hey, I uh, have to go buy more cocaine now. Uh, where's yeah. my royalty check?
0: <laughs> well, you know, and that's... <laughs> Which in the
1: 80s, all the time.
0: <clears throat> yeah, and that's, yeah. That's the thing, man. Yeah, I don't know. Never mind. I gotta, like, I can... That, that's a dark hole if you want to go down that one with me. I'll, uh, mental note. Okay. Uh, we'll save that for, for uh, Easter... Leading
1: up to Easter, <laughs> question three: Best and worst concerts you have ever attended.
0: Best and worst concert I've ever attended. Uh, the best concert. There's, there's. Do I have to say? Because I have, I've, I've had this conversation many times. This is like in my, my wheelhouse of things to talk about with people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so I have a couple best. Can I give you a couple?
1: Oh yeah, sure, absolutely.
0: <clears throat> you know, ironically, my first concert. Was George Michael? No joke. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> that is. Awesome. There you yeah. go. George Michael Faith tour, uh, Alpine Valley, nineteen uh, something. But um, so the best concert would be a tie between Tom Waits. The last time he came through at the Chicago theater uh, was stunning. Um, the most surprising best concert where I just kind of got a ticket, showed up, and was like knocked off my feet was the Black Crows because I'm not a really? huge fan. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan. I, I respect all that stuff, and yeah. it was something something to do. At, at Marquette, we'd get these free tickets, you know, you'd pay 10 bucks, uh for two drinks. So pretty much you're paying a $10 ticket with two, two free drinks. And I walked in, and they they uh, they blasted into uh, Remedy, and it, like, blew my face off. And the whole show was just 100%. So that, um, and then... Uh, uh, there's been a couple good U2 shows in there, good Springsteen, but I'm gonna stick with uh, wait the weights and uh, then the Surpriser, Black Crows. But the worst concert would have been probably, and I wish this was not the case because I'm a fan, <clears throat> so I'm not saying this because I don't like the group. But Run DMC. Oh really? Really? Yeah, yeah. The the show was just um, it never took off. It was it was so start stop the whole time. Uh, it was really uncomfortable. Um, it was like a bad vibe. I don't know what's going on. And then uh, they concluded by saying, "We're not leaving the building until every every autograph is signed out front." So pick up your merch and we'll sign it. And then you, we we went out and and they left. And then like <laughs> people people got so angry that they started like tipping stuff. So and then uh, Jam Master Jay got shot like a year later. So oh it was just gosh. a weird. Is it a yeah. weird time. why?
2: Why even say that? Why even make that announcement if you have no plans on hanging around?
0: Well, what happened? Like, and what? What was the look on their faces when when they were told they can't do that? <laughs> 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 we're not leaving
2: until every autograph is signed and or. They ask us politely
0: to leave. I mean, like they could have just said we're signing autographs, but the fact that he literally said we're not leaving <laughs> until everyone is signed, it was almost like it was a joke. He's yeah. like, "Now, like, check this. Check this out. We're, let's leave. Yeah. <laughs> let's what see what happens."
1: Cra- yeah, what's the craziest <laughs> thing that I can say right now? We're gonna sign everyone's <laughs> stuff.
0: <laughs> it's like some kind of weird comedy bit.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, That's dangerous. We're, doing, we're doing, what you can't see is that I'm giving you all a nice, a nice like subtle wink right now. <laughs> yeah, um, nah, I have crossies. Right. <laughs> so um, you used to have a podcast, right? I yeah, and technically oh, so so I still do. <laughs> okay, so because I remember we I've um, talked about this. <clears throat> so yeah. like, um, okay, so
0: very very quick, what was that podcast about? Uh, it was called Time and the Mystery Conversations with Mike Mangione, and it was really just uh, I was trying to. Uh, I was just trying, you know, I travel constantly. So I was like, well, you know, instead of just like doing nothing on the road um, or like just doing like computer work, I might as well, be productive and try to do something creative right so like with Mm -hmm. records you spend so much time writing and then like two years later you go in the studio and then like six months after that you're in post-production and then you like do some videos and it's just a long process so i love the idea of turning out something creative on a regular basis like boom 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 and so i thought well what when i travel then why don't i reach out to people that like first i'll start off with people i know you know and just sit with them people like public figures people that are that for for their occupation have to get up in front of people and somehow create a connection and inspire them you know whether they're musician actor athlete whatever and so i i started doing that and really what i was trying to do in a very like subtle way was tease out because a lot of these people are not of any kind of faith background but i was trying to tease out the rea- the, the truth that they are in their occupation to in some way Bring them and the people around them closer to, to something bigger hmm. i i I think it's you know I, it's God right they're trying to understand connect to God, and their work is trying to be like an outreach to understand them their 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 life in that the who am I what am I where am I going and so it 's like they're reaching out to the cosmos through their occupation, and uh what I found was like with everybody that I was talking with, I was always kind of like trying to drive that car and get in there. And um, everybody, I, I had a conversation. I'm trying to think if there's anybody. I had, tw- I had 30 conversations, and each one eventually got to a point where they were admitting that they were, you know, they're trying to trying to make a connection, both with the with their, with the person in front of them and with something bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them were obvious, like Modest Yahoo, I, I had once, and that was an obvious one because he's like very, um, yeah. you know, he's vocal about his faith. But like even people like um, like Sh- uh, Sean Daly, Atmos- in atmosphere a slug, a rapper, and like he even like you know we got to this point where he's like, you know I'm trying to give people uh, I'm trying to give make people realize that there's it's not like a silver lining but I, like it's a purple lining it's like it's a it's a it's a silver lining with dirt on it like I want people in the ground to know that there's hope, and then it's funny like the next week I interviewed Archbishop Nauman of Kansas City. And I'm like, what you know, I am getting to that point with him and he's like, I'm trying to give people hope. And like that for me was such a victory that like Sean Daly's slug of atmosphere is doing what he's doing for the same reason as Archbishop Nauman. And I was like, man, if number one, if like if like secular people listening can see the heart of Archbishop Nauman, but more importantly, if like stingy Catholics can like mm, yeah, see the yeah, beauty, yeah. the beauty of Sean Daly, who they would have written off like right away. Uh, to me, that was the victory. That was the whole point.
1: That's cool. So then, this is like question four. So out of like all those people that that you had on the podcast, or people that you have done uh, that you have done concerts with, or s- who were you surprised by? Like this person's awesome. Like I did not expect this because like you know everyone always um talks about like who was the douchebag or something. Like who's like one person that you have met or I'm um, to you like that that guy or girl was like surprisingly fantastic. I did not expect that.
0: Oh, um, so you're speaking just from the podcast experience. Or, or
1: Yeah. Or just like that, or just like anyone that you have like performed with, or you've done a
0: concert with or anything like that. Alex Ebert from Edward Sharp was, uh, that was a trip. I, I know, I'm, I know the musicians in the band, but Alex is, he's kind of, he's like in his own world. So after a show, I was talking to him and I got him, I, I pitched the idea of, Sitting down, I kind of like try to like get in, a a, uh, in a, a a deep conversation with him and then pitch him, Hey, by the way, I have a podcast you know Would you like mm. to go for it So we did, and I met with him in in New Orleans, and that was something else because typically the podcast would record for about an hour and a half and then i 'd whittle it down. I didn't do much editing, but you know I'd add like some music clips and stuff. So the 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 final product, after a little bit of edits and intros and bumpers and all that stuff, was about an hour thirty, hour forty. But he and I talked for about two hours and thirty minutes. Oh wow! Yeah, it was a lot. <laughs> it's it a cool. lot. But that's something I didn't expect, and and that was, um, you know, we talked about everything from faith to to drugs and and his whole journey. So. Um, so that was good. And then musicians, I think uh uh like hmm. There there <laughs> who's it um there's a, a a comedian named uh Keith Alexandro which is he's just amazing. That was another great one a podcast uh I had where I just Man, I don't and actually no. And then there's a, a musician Larry Campbell. Uh he's that was probably my most surprising where i walked in and i was a little nervous because of who he was and what he means to me personally he's a huge he's like a you know he was bob dylan's guitarist and levon helms guitarist and to me that's like the two pinnacles and uh so i was a little nervous and right away he uh he set the set the ground for both of us and really comfortable but you know I, you have times where you like you know you're you, where you're playing a playing a show at a festival and some guys just don't even want to look at you or some guys are complaining about you drinking their Pepsi or something. And then you have other guys that are, like, running out to get you beers out of their fridge because they, they want to hang with you. And it's you, you a mixed bag.
2: I love how you uh, had that episode, um, the description where you said one part church, one part the Beatles. And one part, the desire to commune with you.
0: <laughs> I like That's that.
2: That's right. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome.
1: Who do you think, Gomer, who's who's like who's been a person that we've had on the podcast that you were like, that was great. I was not expecting that to be like that. <sighs> who was that? You know, our standout kind of shows mm. like like out of people who are like, Oh, like this is a big dude or this is a this is a big individual.
2: No, I don't think I don't think I mean I really liked the like, our Patrick Lancione interview. I thought that was awesome. Um, and mm-hmm. I thought Patrick like shocked me because of how, like number one, <laughs> how how uh, foul mouthed he was in a good way.
1: <laughs> it was amazing. He yeah. was like, "You guys cuss on here. This is wonderful.
2: This is my fantastic podcast." Yeah. Um, but there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of like agreement that we had together that I was not expecting at all, at all, and so. Um, but he just ran through a bunch
1: of stuff that I was like, I love this guy. Um, yeah, I don't know. What about you? Liz? I think, uh, mine would probably be like Derek Webb. Cause when we had him on, there was this, uh, like weird, um, thing where I kind of realized, oh my gosh, he's not a Christian anymore. <laughs> like, like I just like, didn't, <laughs> I hadn't really paid attention that much to like his, I mean, I've had I paid attention, but not. Like that intensely, just and and I kind of knew he was going through this like deconstruction like stuff that you know you have a lot of like, Protestants are kind of going through now, especially on the musician side. And then like we're about halfway through the interview, I'm with him and I'm like, oh, this dude is definitely like not a Christian anymore. I'm like that Derek Webb's not a Christian. Oh my gosh, that's kind of crazy.
0: But then, had just, you known that? Had you known that leading into it, or is that something you discovered during the during the talk? Were you just reminded of that fact when you were talking to him? I had my like because sus- I
1: knew he was going. I knew he was kind of part of the whole deconstruction movement going on within the within the church. So I didn't I didn't realize how far he had gone down that road.
2: Mm-hmm. It was really thought- funny
1: because someone he he has
2: a podcast that's all about people deconstructing their faith, and we talked about it a little bit, but not really like. It's like, you know, people just call and they leave their stories, and I edit their stories about, but it's like literally all people leaving Christianity. Yeah. And it's so one of, about- our li- one of our listeners hops on and is like, hey, I don't think you guys listen to this podcast. It's dark.
1: <laughs> and I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> but, and, and just probably, honestly, yeah, it was probably about halfway through or so where I was just like, holy, this dude, like, is not a Christian anymore. Like, he just doesn't believe this stuff because he was he started talking about how he plays his old songs still even though they don't um, mean to him like they don't have the same meaning any like anymore but he's okay and then it it kind of was cool because he starts we we started to really talk about how once you put stuff out there in the world actually would be curious to get like your take on this that when you like create a on the piece of art you put it out there you don't own that anymore like that kind of becomes like p- that. Other people have this like where where he, like his whole like ownership uh, uh, like on a, a song really stops once it has been released.
0: Because- I, I think that's true. That's true in that in that sense. But I also do think as a performer, I own it every time I play it. In that <clears throat> I can play it any way I want. Not that I'd mm. ever. Well, first yeah, off, sure. I'm a, I'm a, kind of in a different boat because I'm I'm one of those unique artists that don't does not have any hits at all. <laughs> and uh, it's something I'm very proud of, and I try to. Keep, it's hard to keep it that way, um, but I don't have I don't have some something that you know, like with or without you, saying differently, would kind of be a huge disappointment to like eighty thousand people. Although Bob Dylan's pretty good at that, you know, like he'll go out and play like like a Rolling Stone, yeah. and it takes like it takes like the first three minutes where everybody's like, I don't I don't know what it is, and then all of a sudden he's like like a Rolling Stone. And you're like, oh, I think it's I think <laughs> it's like a Rolling Stone. But, you know, but but at the same time, you know, I think as um, I, I love I love that I see recording music as an artifact, like you package it, you bundle it and you throw it out. and It's like a seed. I let it throw it out and see where, you know, in the furrows and see where it grows. And some people it's going to have deep roots, roots. Some people know roots. Some people saw shallow roots, you know. But when I perform it live, that's my opportunity to kind of to to, to be authentic. And if I'm going to be authentic, sometimes I need to take a different route with it and just kind of change a tempo or an approach, you know. So, do you put your like, do you play it in a way that then
1: the um, meaning of the song is relevant to you, or is it about what you want to get across in that moment, or is it you know, kind both. of a bit of both? It's both.
0: It's both. Yeah. I mean, I don't. First off, I don't remember exactly the the meanings of songs. You know, you kind of write them in a in a fog. Uh, at least for me, it's like a piece of marble. <laughs> not that it's a, a masterpiece or anything, but like you know, it's a, a it's a it's a metal, and I work it down. And even after it's recorded, I don't totally understand sometimes what it meant to fully shape into. I have an mm-hmm. idea. It's not always the case. Sometimes it's very clear, but sometimes like it isn't until like it's recorded and it's playing back to you, you know, like a year later. You're like oh my gosh, like that was that that's really. That's what that's really about. And I think that's kind of a neat way as an artist, if you allow the, you know, not to get like too Catholic and heady, but if you do truly try to have a good intention in your art and allow the Holy Spirit to work with it, it can kind of use, even when you're not totally aware of what you're trying to do, it can kind of use that yes to, to form something that is beyond hmm. you. Um and 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 then I come around to it eventually. Eventually, I'm like, oh, well, okay, that makes that's better than I could have done if I was trying so hard, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's important then than when performing. So I I got into that tangent because, uh, you know, I don't told, like my album Tenebrae came out in 08, and people are like, what does that song mean? I'm like, uh, what's it mean to you? But yeah, you know, like I I don't because I I don't remember. Uh, I have some ideas. And and when I play a song from that record, I, you know, there might be a few lines in there that are really resonating with me at that current point in life, but I can't, there's no way I can possibly play a song from 2008 from the exact same place that I was in in 2006, 2007 when I was writing it because, you know, I've changed so much. So things resonate differently in your, it resonates is like wood. you know, it's like a guitar, like the, the strings vibrate the air inside the wood. Uh, If the air inside the the sound hole vibrates, the wood vibrates. As the wood gets older, it has different resonance. It becomes richer. It becomes a more pure sound. It gets better, right? Guitars get better with age. So uh, what resonates with me as I get older is not the same because I'm just a different hard piece of wood.
1: (laughs) I'm an aged wood. I'm an old
0: wood. like an old ship.
1: (laughs) That's a really interesting way to look at that because I think – like there's there definitely are some songs that, as I've gotten older, I um actually there are I would say even like certain albums that you know to just resonate better like I, f- I found that um, stuff that has' because, like you know, you have your songs that you like when you were in high school and when you were in college that uh, like just mean the world to you because they were like you're you're a sponge. That's and, when
0: music saves your life.
1: Yeah, at that yeah, time. yeah. Like, I played two songs at, at um, my wedding. Well, I, I, I didn't uh, play, but I had, like, um, two songs uh, played off of, like, a side band. This, this like, one band's, like, side band that I'm just obsessed with. And I'm, like, when I was 18, this meant the world to me, and it's the only thing that I can have playing for my communion hymn. <laughs> it, like, it's the only thing that makes sense. And I don't care that no one else has ever heard this. Because
2: I'm everyone needs to know, I am a whore, I do confess, I put you on just like a wedding dress,
1: and I exactly. run down the aisle. If I want to have Brave St. Saturn played at my wedding, I'm going to have Brave St. Saturn played played at my wedding. But it's... um, It's very liturgical. It's, it's really cool when you, like, and they're, uh, so like, that band had an album that came out when I was uh, 25. And I remember when I first heard it, I was like, ah, it just doesn't, like, something just doesn't fit. And over the past ten, ten, um, uh, ten to like now like eleven years, I've really come to a place where like I've understood it, and I I think in a way that just I don't know if it's just like because of your twenties or right or if it's just like it's like life thing where like you're a bit like, you're a bit like more mature, and when you're in your, your earlier twenties you're kind of dumb, and I like I couldn't understand it like like perhaps there's just no way that I could really understand, and I I, know, I just think that on the I think I think that the, like art is really really interesting in that way how certain stuff sticks how certain stuff does does not stick and how certain things just take a lot of time
0: to really understand absolutely it's so it's so crazy when i reflect on like you know that that music when i was growing up that my brothers were kind of funneling down to me that music has a place in my heart that it will never be removed like i personally i think you what you two is doing now i can't i can't I can't stand, right? But you will, I will always say U2 is one of my favorite bands because, man, Rattle and Hum, Unforgettable Fire, Joshua Tree, those albums, uh, Zuropa, Octung Baby, those albums hit me at that, that sweet spot of like eight and like 17, you know? Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, like I also owned uh, uh, Informer by Snow. <laughs> which we oh, talked about we on, on this podcast on before oh, yeah <laughs> you know so like well you know i'm when i put that back on it's gonna be hitting me different but to your <laughs> point though there are some times like i remember um you know like i it well there's certain bands like specifically like the like counting crows and um you know live and some of that stuff like in the just like Nirvana, Screaming Trees, Pearl Jam, kind—they did their thing, and then you had like kind of like that second wave of like ah, it's kind of grunge, but it's a little more mainstream. You know, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. stuff I couldn't stand when it really? came out. I couldn't stand it, but it took 1998 and 99 to hit with all like POD, all that stuff, Corn. Mm-hmm. Where yeah. I said, you know what? County crows are not that bad.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Turns out. I loved corn. Oh, I loved <laughs> corn so
1: much. Wow. Ah, ah, ah. I never understood yeah. why corn was rap rock. I never really saw the rap rock in No, corn. it's because they wore matching Adidas pantsuits. <laughs> I was never like.
2: It's Run DMC. Oh, gosh, I loved corn so much. The like the I freak out a leash
0: and uh, what's the. Patty Whack, give it so big. You naked. know what it is though? Wait, know. who how did you get into corn? How did that happen for you?
2: My older brother, my older antisocial brother introduced me to him. Okay. And he was into a- that whole genre of music. He had a buddy that was in a band that played like
0: scream core, rap core, whatever you want to call it. And was he like was he showing it to you or was it just filtering down to you by nature being brothers? Uh, like was he sitting you down and saying, "Listen to this," or what? No, no, no. Listening no. to, Bro- listening to it? proximity. Yeah. Just okay, brother. Okay. My college roommate was a corn fan, and so he was always sitting. Like we'd have moments, like drinking nights, where we'd sit down and be like, "Okay, you do one, then I'll do one. You do one, <laughs> one I'll." Do one. And it was like <laughs> corn, and like you know, and just, yeah. I, I <laughs> yeah, and then I'd be like, "How about this? Uh, this is a great Tim Buckley song. It's really going to lighten things up." <laughs> <It's really good. laughs>
2: I'm sorry. So that was By a- lighting things up, you mean play Shoots and Ladders again and again. <laughs> I loved that song. You remember that uh, song, Shoots and Ladders? Knick-knack, give a dog a bone.
1: Uh, uh, knick-knack, paddy give a dog a bone. The soul man came rolling home. Knick-knack, paddy give a dog a bone. The soul man came rolling home. <laughs> give a dog a bone.
0: I actually, I just, I'm sorry. I I just, this is no joke. And I just played the most epic game of shoots and ladders with my five-year-old son before (laughs) I got on this spot. The the game did not end. Every time one of us was close, we'd go down the like long shoot. I got the purple. I got the gumdrop. Ah! It got to the point where he wasn't even flipping cards anymore. I was flipping it for him and moving his guy. Because it has been going on for forty-five minutes. I
2: have done that many a times. You're not He's going like,
0: fast <laughs> enough. Here we go. We're no, playing the game of trouble. <laughs> You're not going fast enough. You It's four. nine
2: o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to go to bed. Daddy's got a podcast to do.
0: <laughs> Some, oh then man, and Candyland. What was the God. other
2: song from that album? This is going to bother me.
1: Besides, sheets and ladders. Oh corn. Why what, am I? Do you want to know what what? So here was my introduction to corn since we're all since we're all like sharing <laughs> it. Um, I was a huge MXPX fan, and in their a video teenage teenage politics, a person had a corn a, a corn sweatshirt on, and I had seen the name corn at the amusement park that was by here that I'd go to that all of the trashy people um, went that to. Makes, so you saw a lot of so. corn t shirts, and I was like, yeah. oh. Yeah. i guess it's a, like a band or something yeah and then like they kind of got big and i was real into pod like old school POD, not anything post uh 2001 um and i was like oh they're kind of because i like that they were good I, w- I would argue they were actually good then uh but uh and so th- so then that's when i be- that's when i heard corn like on things like trl and whatnot and
0: which was, that was a weird thing. Like, that, and that, okay, so first off, I said, I said corn and pod, the, and I just send that randomly, and that's like the two bands you guys like. Oh let God. me first just, let me just like <laughs> dilute this a little bit, okay? Don't you dare, don't you dare no, say no. Lincoln, uh, Lincoln Park or Limp Bizkit. No, I, was, I was gonna say Limp Bizkit, but here's the thing. I love <clears throat> Here's the thing. No, no, I did too. I did, I loved yeah. Limp Bizkit. Right when they were starting to bubble up, yeah. But then everything got it got weird, puddle of mud, oh, and it yeah. just became it became yeah. like this. Now yeah. I I mentioned those two guys because they're like the first, they they're very an obvious like memory for me. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I I didn't I didn't I'm not trying to backpedal. I didn't mind them, right? <laughs> but when we started to go into like the puddle of mud and like everything, yeah. started just becoming this like I mean, when like when new Woodstock metal, right? '99, like, yes. And when yeah. Woodstock 99 <laughs> yes. was like this, like, yep. you know, like flaming rage fest. Um, I don't know. It got too much, w- man. That's this when Connie started...
2: This is from Wikipedia real quick. Right. Korn is identified as the pioneers of new metal music, a form of <laughs> alternative metal music which began in the mid-'90s. While generally considered an alternative metal and new metal band, the band has also been labeled as heavy metal, grunge, hard rock, rap metal, funk metal, groove metal, and industrial
1: metal.
0: What's the bass player? Is it Fieldy? Yeah. Like the guy who plays bass? I think I remember that. He, yeah. was, he always has the bass, like, down by his knees, and yeah. it's tuned down like an octave. Yeah. <laughs> so it just sounds, like, just sounds like a splattering bass, like, <laughs> 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 But let's not forget
2: that the guitarist became Christian. He had a massive conversion. He yeah. Head?
1: Head, I think was his Head. name. Head. Yeah. yeah. Did you ever hear this became unprofitable. <laughs> did you ever Is hear it? Oh. Did it stick? Do you know? I think it did. I know he's back yeah. with... I, I think, like, actually, the bass player had a conversion as well. I know he's back... I, <laughs> don't ask me why I, why I know this, but I believe he's back with the band. That's good. And so... Can you believe that... And then I promise we'll stop. I'm talking about, like, we're, like, 90s rock. <laughs> But can you believe that in the 90s, you basically start off with Nirvana and... Like at their pinnacle, I would say is their is their unplugged album, so you like have this like period of time where like one of the best albums is just this like one off show that this band mm-hmm. does, and this this like beautiful creative just like it's just, it's like a you know that time period it it's like its it starts off so good and then it ends with boy bands and corn mm-hmm. <laughs> like what happened yeah. What happened? Beautiful. (laughs) Feel free to answer that anymore, because I don't really... I mean, I don't understand, like, (laughs) what happened? Well, I think that's really
2: where you have the growing... I mean, you've always had it, but because there was a multiplicity of gatekeepers, and then you slid into the MP3 era of Napster and LimeWire, you started having a massive stratification of pop culture, right? Like, pop culture was no longer these, you know... I don't know if we'll, eh, I don't know. But, like, everyone was into the Beatles. Everyone was into, you know, like, these set things. And now it's like there is so much at our fingertips that you're into what you're into. And it's not, like, one shared high school experience. It still is super pop, like Taylor Swift or whatever. But I feel like it's so stratified that you have pop culture being both corn and... And boy bands. Although, isn't Corn a type of boy band, a bad boy band? Um, i say a bad boy.
0: Yeah. It's like a bunch of AJs. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I would even... My, my thought behind that, because that was, you know... That was uh, college for me, was that uh, I think things... You know, things always kind of go in circles, right? And I think that with the boy bands... And that's Britney Spears, that's Christina Aguilera. Uh, I think the song, people started wanting songs again. And that's like, those are, the, the, the boy bands and the, and the and the girl divas and all that stuff, those are kind of like, those, those are writers writing so- like songs. It's no longer a band's interpretation of a song. You know, like before the Beatles really kind of got like blown out and and Dylan came along, everything was kind of, you know, these groups just writing songs, singles, ditties that would last two to three minutes, definitely not four minutes. And so things got kind of so blown out and distorted, I think, with, you know, grunge and then the then the, with the era that we're talking about that the ear wanted to come back to just the catchy pop song. And who better to do that than somebody literally throwing some bunch of dudes together, make sure one has a thin beard and is the bad boy, <laughs> and give them frosty tips. tips. I was just about moves. to say
1: that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I want it that way. Yeah. Tell, tell me why. Tell me why. Tell me- <laughs> <laughs> the future career and R and B. So when you're, oh, so awesome. like, how long have you been playing music for? Like, how long has this been a thing that like, you've been doing as a job? Where, like, oh, this is well, what I do. Like when, when, yeah. like when people ask you, um, what do you do? Yeah.
0: When yeah. When you
1: first start saying music
0: uh I would say I would say I'm a musician I also um, you know I, I do some booking um, and and create some events um, so that's what I say because I, I got to be realistic when the moment I say I'm a musician and then they don't know who I am but they see <laughs> that I'm like they see that I'm 40 years old and I'm like been doing this like for that long and they don't know who I am They're like, how come I don't know you it's like well I'm not really that famous um, so then I have to qualify well I'm also doing booking I'm helping uh, book events and book some speakers and stuff like that. But um, I've been doing, you know, after college, I went to Los Angeles. I did odd jobs in L.A. just to make it work. And then eventually I got tired of doing that. And I bought a van and I just went on tour. And I was 23, 24 years old, lived in a van, drove all over the U.S. with my dog. And I'd play everywhere from, um, trying to, are you guys in Dayton? Canal he Street is. Tavern? I used I'm in to play.
1: Oh oh my gosh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: yeah. Or and then where, where are you? I'm Palmer. in Houston. Houston. Uh I can't remember where I used to play in Houston, but um anyway, just little little coffee shops and dives and stuff like that. And I play for like fifty bucks and beer. And then I drive off to like my my uh the rest area or like a Walmart parking lot, yeah. drink beer by myself, let my dog pee, and then pass out in my van. It was beautiful. That and, sounds uh, wonderful. Yeah, it was it was it was amazing. But I did that and then uh, just started – my band started coming with me and got more lucrative. Um, and uh, so, yeah. But this, I'd say I left my apartment in Los Angeles maybe in 06. So since 06, I've been doing it. Yeah. So was there yeah. like some sort of like
1: I just want to um, do this or is there, was it like you just kind of have to do it so I, I need – like there's a thing inside you? Like what, what caused that?
0: I had no other – interests honestly like I studied environmental science in college but I went to college because I had an opportunity to go to college my dad really wanted me to go and so he helped out and I wasn't you know I wasn't a fool to know that I shouldn't take up that offer so I did um but the whole time I wanted to play music and so I started playing music in college and when I was done I just knew I had to do it I don't know like I've been so impacted like I've been so inspired by the artists that have come before me, I see art as a as a conversation, and so many people have thrown in their auntie in the conversation. Everybody, artists are just throwing in their auntie in the conversation. The conversation of you know who am I, what am I, where am I going? That's what we've all been trying to figure out, and all these great artists have done it. And then I've been so inspired that I want to ha- you know throw my auntie in, and so that's what I did. And um, I, just to be qu- quite honest with you, there got a point in the first, you know, in the couple of years of doing it, you know, it's it's all fun and games when you're 23, 24, 25, 26, and it's kind of working out, you're 30, and then you start having kids, and you're like 32, 33, it got to a point around 33 where I was like, oh, I'm really in this thing, like, what, <laughs> what can I possibly do with my experience right now to, what can I do? I can't teach music, because I play the wrong way my instrument, so I can't, I can't even comprehend how to teach somebody. Um... I have to be on the road. So it kind of got to a point around 33, 34, 35, where I was on the road so much, and it really was a stress for me personally. It's the most uncreative thing in the world is to be playing music all the time. And then my, my marriage was really suffering because of it. So I knew I had to start looking around and, and, and finding other ways to kind of diversify my income portfolio. So
2: <laughs> when, uh, Whenever I tell this story before, uh, this is me at my most dramatic or or typical, uh, whenever I'm on the road for a long time and I'm flying home and I I do public speaking stuff and I fly home and it's after 11 PM when my plane lands, I have a tradition of listening to Bob Seger's, uh, turn the page. And I just feel bad for myself from the (laughs) 35 minute ride from the airport on the toll road. I'm like, there's another toll. There's another buck 50 off my stipend check and I'm just (laughs) turn the page (laughs) but your thoughts will soon be wandering the way they always do when you're riding 16 hours and there's nothing much to do and you don't feel much like riding you just wish the trip was through I come home, my wife's asleep, my kids, my wife booby traps the house whenever I'm gone. So, and I always forget that she does. Out of fear? Yes. Yeah. And I open the door and then I step in like a kid's toy. I trip over a... Marbles. um, Yeah.
0: Just (laughs) things.
2: Layers of things.
0: It's home alone for you as you walk in. (laughs) (laughs) And
2: iron falls down from the ceiling. I step on a
0: nail covered in tar. Joe Pesci's there. (laughs) (laughs) Kevin! (laughs) <laughs> I had a moment, I had a moment like that where I brought my family. This was maybe 2013, 14 where this is kind of the time I was talking about. I was starting to get really kind of a, just emotional about the grind. I'm on a treadmill that I'm so exhausted. And if I step off, my glider is going down. Like it's like a train engine where every, you know, I go out and I bring home a shovel, a shovel full of coal and I got to throw in the engine and then go back out. Right. And, uh, I was, um, I brought my family with me just because I was like, let's do something kind of fun, but it's not fun because they drive eight hours. I think we drove to uh, St. Louis. And then uh, I got a hotel room. I played a show, got a hotel room. They all stayed in the hotel. And then I drove, they went to the St. Louis Children's Museum. And I drove that day to uh, maybe Louisville and played a show in Louisville. It was like nobody there. I, it was it was one of the most awkward, like a handful of people. The promoter the promoter like never had any kind of conversation with me afterwards about money, so I, I had I to be just... like, well, uh, we, what about the money? <laughs> and yeah. you know, like he's like, well, anyway. So I, dr- I had to drive back, and I remember opening up the door and my my family who. Got in the car with me and put themselves through this. We're all passed out in beds, you know, like kids passed out, like sideways and sprawled out. And I was just like looking at them, thinking, What the hell am I doing yeah. to myself and to my family? What is this? And then I booked a whole nother tour after that because <laughs>
1: <together.
2: laughs> I, I promptly people...
0: forgot because the money is good. Like, I
1: don't think people really understand like just how much work it takes. I mean, it's, it's a it's a really, really hard job. It's a you know, it's it's something where it, it takes a lot of work and it's a lot of time. Anything anything that really involves the arts to try to do it at some type of um, a level where you're, uh, where like this is my job, like this is what I do. It takes a crap ton of work.
0: Oh, there's so much. There's so much that goes into the hour and a half. Yeah, On stage or even like speakers. Like I, you know, I book a couple speakers and like, you know, you get people that kind of talk about the cost of things, or they try to, they throw you, they pitch you like, well, this is what we want to spend. And it's like, do you have no, <laughs> you have no idea what that you do. What you don't realize is everything for them, for a person to do that hour and a half, there's weeks to get to that point. There's, there's hours and days and training and all these different moving parts that, you know, we need to, it's, yes, it's very difficult. Yeah. It's like, it's like I always – the image in my head is like, um, you know what, when you water ski, uh, before you're actually gliding, you, there's that point where you're just holding onto the rope and your skis are pushing against water. And, like, that's the moment when, like, you sh- you don't know if you're going to fall or if you're going to get up. That's kind of like the the speaking musician grind, I feel like. And you have moments of rising and sliding and moments of letting go. And yeah. I think you, you
2: accurately described in my life, like, one of the big things that I'm doing right now with my kids is, so like there was this great conference that just came to town. And I couldn't go see it because I'm it's yet another Saturday. Like if I just worked a normal job, it would be a Saturday that I could give up and it would be fine. I'm going to go to this conference. But because I give up so many of my weekends to be on the road traveling and flying and giving talks and stuff, um, it's, it's a, another Saturday where daddy's gone. And so when I'm home, I am driving my kids. They have gymnastics at 9 a.m. And there was a time where I missed every single gymnastics for, like, two months. And I would talk to my kids, you know, and I'm in their lives. It's not like I'm not in their lives. But you would hear, like, oh, so-and-so was working on this, so-and-so was working on that. And then you show up, and, and they, they're all at 9. I have four kids. And they're all so much better than what I remember And you you realize, like, when you get these month or two-month snapshots, you miss so much. Yeah. And it just seems like, oh, my gosh, they're incredible, and I didn't even know this. And so I told my wife, I said, every Saturday morning, if I'm home, you can stay home. You can come if you want, but this could be your alone time. I will take the kids to gymnastics, and I go there, and I sit there, and I watch, try to watch four kids in all different places, you know, girls on the beams and the bars, and my son Noah just on a trampoline, and my little son Thomas, you know, running off with various things that he's not supposed to be running off with, Um, but it's, but I know that this Saturday, I'm leaving on Thursday, I'm gone all day Friday, all day Saturday, I come home at night, I'm missing my office party because of this traveling stuff. Um, and then I have to wake up, you know, we ha- we go to mass as a family, but I don't leave with my family. My family leaves after mass and I go and teach at church. And then the following week, which wouldn't be a problem if it was the only thing that I'm doing. But then when you combine it with the fact that full-time parish job and a traveling speaking job, the following weekend, I'm doing the same thing. I'm driving to the you know, six hours to Corpus Christi to do an event. And I'm like, oh, can I bring my kids? This would be the perfect thing to bring my oldest daughter to. Oh, wait, I'm talking about pornography. She's nine. It's to a high school audience and their parents. That's inappropriate for her. Okay, so I'm not going to do that. And, you know, it's like over and every time I think I have a break, I'm like, well, no. Because, then like, my wife, my wife has backed out of, like, five or six opportunities for her to come. Because she's like, what am I going to do in a hotel all day in a city that, you know, like, and, and I don't have, we fly together and I don't have a car. Or we drive together and, no, I'm not doing that. I'm like, ah. Uh. You know what song's in my head right now? Turn the Page by
0: on, Bob Seger. On a lone lonesome highway, east of Omaha. See, you get it. You get it. I get it. I'm turning the page with you, bro. <laughs> hey, <laughs> let, let me turn your page, all right? <laughs> Please do. Please Take do. a load. Take a load off.
2: <laughs> on a long, lonesome highway.
0: East of Omaha. Um, yeah, people people always ask, "Do yeah, you, take your family with you on these trips?" No, <laughs> no. it's not fun.
2: <laughs> I lie to my wife all the time, uh, kind of tongue in cheek. But she's like, "How's it going?" Meanwhile, she homeschools. Uh, yeah, four kids, you know. And I'm yeah. on uh, I, like there's this one time where I said to uh, our buddy Ike that we interviewed, I said, "Ike, do you ever like Because you're saying how much he loves traveling, and I hate traveling. I like being in places. I don't like getting there. And he said, uh, oh, I love it. I love it so much. And I was like, do you ever feel like you got to lie to your girlfriend? Now his wife. He's like, no, no. She loves it. She supports me. I'm like, my wife supports me. But when I'm on a beach (laughs) in this, like literally I called her from a beach, and she FaceTimed me, and I denied the FaceTime call (laughs) so she couldn't see.
0: I've had had that, and I actually – you know my wife said something I was the same way i w- I was always yeah. feeling like i don't want to tell you how great the meal was I had <laughs> at this restaurant that host brought me to because i 'm a guest, you know, and she said to me she 's like, "How come every time we talk uh, and I ask you how it 's going do, if you always say it's not it's fine it's not like is it not great because Mike if it 's not great, stop doing it don't do it like you don't need mm-hmm. to put yourself through this and i 'm like, no, honestly, I just feel I feel bad." That that I'm that you're at home with the kids, we homeschool as well, and I'm doing I'm doing this, and yeah, to be honest, it was fantastic. <laughs> it's the best meal, it's the best meal I've had, and so and she's like, you know what though, like that makes me feel like what I'm doing then has value and is worth it. Wow, because nice. I'm I'm working mm. for the betterment of the whole, and you if you're telling me that it's not good out there, then stop, let's change change it up. But if it's oh, going cool. great. Yeah. And I'm like, why are you so selfish?
2: Right. <laughs> Whenever I'm in a hotel, I'm like, this yeah. stupid king size bed, with the pillows <laughs> yes. suck, and there's like a oh, a light in the parking lot that shines through my window. That there are I are these...
0: block out easily. <laughs> I, I had a I had a moment where my wife kind of put it all in perspective. Where I I I just got in from uh, South Africa, and oh wow, yeah, and and uh, but she asked me. Um, if I could help like cl- like clean the you know wash the floor uh, that's kind of my job in the house I'm the floor washer and I was like you know I I'm kind of tired like you know it's like 36 hours since I left and <laughs> and uh I, I was I'm wondering if I could just you know chill for a little bit she's like let me ask you a question like um when you were on the plane for 36 hours were there any any kids with you, or were you by yourself? <laughs>
1: You're like,
0: ah, I'll go. I'll go get the mop. <laughs>
1: so uh, you had like talked about earlier about how like you know it kind of put a strain on your marriage. Like, how did you? Yeah. How did you
0: resolve that? Well, a couple things. Um, number one, I, I really assessed what was worth doing because every yes is a no to other things, right? So I really assessed what I was saying yes to. I got rid of those um quote great promotional opportunities. Oh yeah. Cuz those those don't exist yeah. or those yeah. those um well you can sell your merch. Yeah. You know, like that's yeah. always a, the qualifier. What's the what, what's the budget? What, what are we working here for money? Well, there's not that much money, but you can sell your merch. It's like, no, I could oh, I'm selling my merch right now online actually. It's always yeah. it's always for sale. <laughs> Come and network. Um, <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> So I was, I got really serious about what I said yes to. Um, But one of, one of the biggest things was, um, I I run my schedule past my wife all the time. We're always sitting down going through the calendar. But honestly, one of the biggest game changers for me was, um, and this isn't a hundred percent because there's still some things like international or just sometimes a Friday, Saturday is needs to happen, but I don't, I don't do uh, weekends. I only travel during the week and, um, you know, I, I created an event with uh, the speaker Christopher West. And the one thing I said to him, it's an event called Made for More. And the one thing I said to Christopher, I was like, Hey, look, I'm gonna I'm gonna promote this event. This event's only happening Tuesday between Tuesday and Thursday. He's like, Really? Do you think that's gonna work? I'm like, I'm gonna yeah, I'm, why not? I'm gonna tell him it's gonna work. And he's like, Yeah, if you can make it happen, that'll be amazing. Then we can have our weekends. I started doing that, and what we found is that specifically like these events that we're doing are, you know, are usually at churches, um, but, you know, hosts are, are always like, well, is that, we really wanted a Friday or Saturday, and I said, no, people have their Fridays and Saturdays booked well in advance, people have, like, they, they can change their weekend, their weekdays easier, plus, if you're in Texas on a Saturday or Friday, you have football, so that's out of the question, right, it's our so, first religion. <clears throat> that's right, well, so, people. I just, right, so I just said, uh, no, 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 it, it's better on the weekdays. So we started doing that, and so my personal shows, my concerts, then are always attached to those. So I am usually traveling Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Tuesday, you know, sometime in there, maybe getting home on Friday, um, and that completely changed our life because now our social time is together, our weekends are together. We plan it we we know what we're doing in a mo- you know two months in advance every weekend because we can, and so that's been big for us.
2: Do you ever feel like you could be a studio musician and be comfortable Mm. with that kind of life? You know, like I, I had a friend who did that full time, but he always took the gigs with the traveling bands. Like he would play in a studio. He could play about 15 different instruments and he would play in the studio and they would record. And he's like, you know, like they'd have some singer and he's the backup guy. Right. The musician. But then the singer would get picked up and he'd be like, yeah, I'll do six months. And he could he could never say no. to He's a priest now, but he could never say no to those things.
0: Yeah. Um, no, I cannot be a studio musician. I'm just not. I don't, I'm not good enough. I'm not that that um, fluid. Really? Yeah.
1: It With definitely th- takes a certain kind of a person to be able to do that. I think. Luke, where's With your talent, microphone? Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. Sorry. Luke, I, I
2: thought you your microphone being close to your mouth. That's what I miss.
1: Oh, you know. Oh, what binge, I miss. Binge, binge. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Who wants to watch us a, a podcast self-implode? <laughs> no, I think um just kidding, We're, we are fine, everyone. Um the uh I why am I answering this? Sorry, you go on my
2: <laughs> well, so I worked at yeah, a label really? for th- for so, three months.
1: <laughs> yeah, you and Chris West, how did
2: you guys get connected? The guy with the pollen all over his face. How did you guys get connected?
0: CatholicMatch dot com. Hashtag
2: Catchy
1: Foxes. we do it. Have, have like, you <laughs> heard the episode we that when when we <laughs> had him on. Did no you hear we that? Had him on. Oh, it's, it's, yeah, sure it's did. hilarious. He was in the middle of happened.
2: a retreat, and all I was like, he could. I mean, you you started talking about theology of the body, right? He, he just, just goes he off. Just goes. So all Yeah, all we could do was make dick jokes the
0: entire time. <laughs> yeah. And did he? Did he? He thought it was so funny. Okay, was he able to go back with – was he able to do a little banter with that he or did, was he yeah. just yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, on? Okay. I think sure. he
1: just like gave us a space, to say our thing, and we yeah. kind of, we kind <laughs> of play you into it. Yes. You said Dick. You said Dick. So at one point okay. in time, hey, on, how, anyway. do, how do you put it? He was like, it's like God's pollen has just exploded no, in love. Yeah, all he, of, he was talking about like the hills
2: are alive with the sound of music, literally the insects. And I, I've listened to him on the, the new Ascension Press marriage DVDs. And he says the same thing, and I'm like crying, laughing, and my wife's like, what's your deal? cuz she doesn't listen to the show it's fine i'm not hurt um, you can think about the woman
0: or the girl you knew the night before yeah.
2: but he talked about how all the chirping of birds and bugs yeah. and is the sound of of mating yeah. calls and then he says the the great line he's like so i have allergies and allergies what are allergies but the pollen in the air Pollen is trying to fertilize trees and plants and flowers. He's like, it's literally mating. I have their mating all over my face. And I was like, oh, I have a past with pornography.
0: I don't want to walk down this road. But good, sir, we are walking down this road. Together. So I put yeah, it. Yeah, he's, um, he's an image, intense individual. Yeah, the, Im- the album yeah. artwork. It
2: was awesome. The album artwork is a picture of his face. And I found a picture of, like, pollen shooting
1: out of a flower. <laughs> oh, my
2: gosh. And we just layered. We just layered. Yeah. yeah.
1: So Imagine. how did you, like, how did you guys uh, get connected?
0: Uh, well, we, well, it, well, hold on. Before I answer that. So going back to the, uh, he, the, my. so I had him on my podcast. And the one thing that, that I, because I've been with, the, I've known him for 20 years, right? And we've traveled together for—I mean, close together for for ten. Um, and I've heard him. He, you know, he's he's brilliant. He's he's uh, he's brilliant in knowledge, <clears throat> and he's very open to the spirit. And the combination of when he gets up and pre- presents uh, is beautiful because he allows the spirit to kind of throw him. He's got like this amazing huge tool belt that he can use, and the spirit just like kind of helps and brings tools out. And he can't be shaken. I've heard him get heckled. I've heard just, um, we were in Austria once. And and as we're going along, some guy just goes, that's bullshit, man. Bullshit. And he just starts yelling. And Christopher's like, yeah, yes. Yeah, go ahead. Say more. Say more. He's like, it's fucking bullshit. And he's like getting, he's getting angry. Well, what Christopher didn't realize at the moment in the beginning that the guy was angry. He thought he's just being like excited. <laughs> so like he gave him the floor. Thankfully, like English was not his first language because he was limited in just the the you know profanity. But, um, awesome. but he he has this amazing gift. But what I've noticed is that you know he also has to be very careful about what he says. So he's his tendency sometimes to kind of just flip a switch and go into mode when he's in interviews. So for my podcast, I intentionally like, dude, we're not doing. You're not the Theology body guy. You're Christopher West, my buddy that I've known for a while. And we're going to talk about some shit. And we went down these different paths and stuff. So that was cool. So I'm glad that you had a good, a good hang with him. But we met, I, you know, I, I went to one of his talks um, in 2001. Uh, there was a Jesuit, I went to Marquette University, and there's a Jesuit priest there. That's ama- he was amazing. And he brought my girlfriend to the talk, and I wanted to impress my girlfriend, so I went with. And so <laughs> nice for, th- for, for two days, I sat and listened to this guy talk about this teaching, and honestly, I, I hated it just because of the challenge. It was it was it was putting forth truth, and behind that was the gigantic challenge that it was going to take for me and change that it was going to take for me in my life. Uh, so I really like had a hard time with it. Uh, my girlfriend loved it, which was um, unfortunate, and. Um, <laughs> And so uh she's now my wife so it all worked out in the end but <laughs>
1: So it's fine um, everyone.
0: It's all good. We're we're doing fine. But um but he played a couple songs and I remember thinking I like the music. So I I I went up and talked to him about the music. He asked if I who I listened to. I said Bob Dylan and you 2 And then we ended up uh hanging out afterwards and just playing music, became friends. And then what, what was cool was was uh I had just released a record at that time. And I gave it eventually gave it to him, and then I had his book. So I was really coming to my faith through his book, like that's how mm. I was really getting to my into my faith specifically through theology of the body. That's awesome. Uh so his his like his book, and then he had this this uh, DVD series that I was doing with some students at Marquette. It was really bringing 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 me into my faith for the first time in my life because. Um, CCD didn't do it. I don't know why, but it just didn't work. (laughs) God fraternity of Christian doctrine fails (laughs) again. (laughs) Yes. But at the same time, he was loving the music. So the music was really like, uh, stirring him. And we then connected after and we confessed our, our love for each other's work. And then we, uh, talked about, well, wouldn't it be fun to do something? We started talking about beauty art, transcendentals, uh, beauty as a as a resource to help bring people towards God, and you know, what if we start doing events that kind of incorporated not just speaking but artistic elements? And so we tried it in 08 uh, in Australia. That was our first one. It was really you know, choppy. You know, he would talk, I would play, talk, play, talk, play. But it worked, and especially worked because a lot of the music was kind of written out of the influence of getting into my faith. Um, so it just had these themes that really were dripping with pollen. <laughs> <laughs> bringing it back and
1: bringing it back nailed the landing on that one like good that? job i am impressed I'm i imagine impressed. it would
2: be like like matt marr when he first started and one of his songs on the first album was transubstantiation i imagine yours would be like something like "Eros and a <laughs> do That's it exactly. will be
0: in the back that's right. Yeah. That's what, a, yeah, that, yeah, and word that was, I would literally just take this book, and I would just play guitar, and I'd read every other line, <laughs> and then I'd remove every other word, <laughs> and I'd put my name on it, and I'd say, done. <laughs> <laughs> take that to the bank. <laughs> and the money <laughs> comes cha-ching. rolling in. Right. <laughs> Get t- some t- of that. Touché. Touché, Mahar. Get some of that
2: Christopher West money. That's right. The T-O-B. Yeah. That yep. sweet, sweet records. Records.
1: <laughs> <The pollen shows>. <laughs> <laughs> Paul and Records. Paul and Records.
0: Explosion Records. <laughs> oh <laughs> my
1: gosh! So then, um, so like, wow. So you guys have been doing this now for uh, ten years. How do you um, uh, keep like, going? Yeah, yeah. Like, just like, how, how do you, you maintain give up? that relationship?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> How do you not just cry yourself into a corner realizing yeah. that their
0: prime years have passed you by? how do you deal with that? <laughs> well, I mean bourbon is off is awfully <laughs> forgiving. <Yeah>. When <laughs> it never meets mind. you, <laughs> I love you.
1: I love this. <laughs> yeah.
0: Forgiving when it meets you, then it beats you up. Um, you never You judge know me. <laughs> I, I don't know. Well, I mean like, as far as personally, he and I we've seen the best and worst of each other. Mm-hmm. Um, you know we've had our moments where, you know, we're be really frank with each other, and whether it's we're we're at our lowest points, and he's been there for me because that's happened, uh, or I just can't stand him. That's happened, uh, and vice versa. But the one thing that is is net the one thing though that won't ever change is that I I deeply love him as a brother, and <clears throat> I. And I say this to people when we get in conversations about Christopher, and I'm going to say it to you, that I have never met somebody that has walked, that walks the walk more than that guy. Um, you know, working in the ministry world, um, there's a lot of dicks out there, yeah. right? Just to be honest. There's people that you meet. You were talking about what musicians have you met where you're really shocked. And then there's also musicians where are like, wow, that wasn't really nice. Yeah. Uh, I find more often in the work in the church that I'm like, wow, that's not... That's not very fun yeah. working with him. Wow, that bishop was very <laughs> weird.
1: <Huh>. Yeah, right.
0: <laughs> huh. He seems a little shifty. Yeah. Um,
2: <laughs> he really had the sniffles. Uh, I don't understand. I, I think all the stipends are going right up his
0: nose. Interesting. Is that a roll-up, Benjamin? Um, <laughs> but but with with him though, it's the real thing. He he the you know, the, the depth to which the depth and energy to which he teaches is the depth and energy to which he lives and prays. And it's really inspiring. So, yeah. So, but how do, you know, and then beyond, you know, the personal and more, it's like the occupational, I really do have a desire to, to teach people theology of the body or or be a part of that process. I have a desire to make his events better. Cause mm-hmm. I do all the booking and promotion. Um, I have a desire to, to make Catholic events better and make them, you know what it is. I want to make the event. I want to make the song and I want to make the event that would have reached the me when I was 20 years old, because they, those events and songs didn't exist. Actually, this only songs, the only, only songs that would reach me when I was 20 were secular songs that would bring me closer to, to my relationship with God, it was not in Christian music.
2: Can I ask you and a so, question about that uh, real yeah. quick? I- isn't that okay? You know what I mean? like, um, Yeah. L- let, me give, let me give you this for instance. I feel there's so much pressure to make the Catholic version of dot, dot, dot. You know what I mean? I like, hate that. I can't stand right. That and I think we all right. share an allergy with that, like, and and when we hear podcasts that we love oh we should, you know i could do that and do the catholic version of like it's such a it in a in a way it's a lazy approach to creativity like here's that thing out there i'm going to do the catholic almost a knockoff version of it I mean, imitation is the best form of flattery too but um there's this element where i like i feel i feel like the we're trying to create a, too much of a bubble or i fear you know what i mean like i feel like the mu- music that stirs you can only be religious music. The the things that, you know, like the, I don't know. I, I've just been processing this lately because everyone wants the church and whatever that means to them to be 100% of everything. And there's this element where, like, for instance, in this one school, they don't allow any secular music at all, and they don't allow any Protestant music at all, and they, they don't even let you talk about it. And I remember thinking, like, but people can have, like, powerful experiences
0: you want to know why because god is bigger than those lines right and and going like i I completely i think it's dangerous if you're not teaching people to see the sacred in the secular world then you're not properly preparing them to be in the secular world you're preparing them to be in an amish catholic society where they close themselves off in a bubble and they only okay. exist there and they're afraid to go off anywhere else like we need to be able to see God in everything and i'm not saying that that means everything is then great we should accept everything as being pure and beautiful and of 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 you know of unholy but everything is 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 a is, is you know the it's all god's clay right and for me specifically with art and this is the problem why when i got into my faith and everybody started shoving the, the one thing that people would say that drove me nuts as a musician when I got into my faith in college was they would say, well, when I when I had my conversion and I threw away all my music, I was like, what the hell? Why did you throw away all of your—if anything, my conversion, uh, it, it illuminated what my music, why my music was actually speaking to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I understood after I got my faith, I understood Peter Gabriel and Dylan and Neil Young— and I understood the Pearl Jam. I understood them better than ever, because I understood that as human beings and as artists with a pure intention trying to throw our auntie, going back to what I said before, throw our auntie into the, the conversation of, "Who am I, what am I? Where am I going?" you're authentically participating in the conversation of what does it mean to be human. You know, Eddie Vedder, Bob Dylan, Van Morrison, these guys are authentic artists because they're really trying to get to the bottom of that question. Now, and if you're going to judge them based off of what they're doing personally, then you're missing the point. The point yeah. is the, the, art, the art piece that is not made up of – the art piece is made up of materials, but it doesn't end with the materials. The art piece ends by being an icon, by working through the materials to reveal something greater than itself. If it's of pure intention. Now, yeah. of course, you can have some artists that don't have pure intention, and if they want to just be idols, it's all about the focus of the materials. Isn't my goal so nice? Isn't, aren't my scales so nice? is my solo amazing? That starts and stops with the artifact, right? But true art, with a true intention to, to reveal something of the human mystery, becomes, through the materials, becomes an icon. And that is, because God is bigger than all of this, that is open and available to anybody no matter where they're coming from with that pure intention. So I've always said, you know what, guys, this sacred-secular divide is bullshit. You're missing the point, and actually you're limiting, limiting yourself, and you're really not giving the Holy Spirit the, the ability to b- bounce around like a pinball machine and show you where God exists.
1: Yeah. Well, I, it's very interesting because I think um, people think they're doing the Christian— because it, it comes from, from a place of fear, it's fear, r- right? Yeah. Out of yes. fear of, like, perhaps, like, fear of being exposed for being wrong, fear of maybe I don't have as much, like, faith as I think, or 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 my own um, faith isn't, like, it's just, I'm not as, it's weak or something I'm um, like that. Mm-hmm. And the weird thing is when you, because I, I haven't done that, but I've been around it enough, and I've been close to it, you know, especially in high school. I was very much in to Christian music, but the stuff I was into was more about the community. It was more um Christian punk and hardcore and ska and um, things like that. So that's much more about um community than it is about like a safe haven or anything unlike that. That's very that's kind of I don't like I, I, I wouldn't even say so anyways, but my point is that I think like to really understand art through through the Christian lens that um, means you have to understand what's going on. Like you're trying to get to some like some type of wisdom, or you're trying to like extract um wisdom from what's going on here to really understand what this thing is, and what does that have to do with the person who is creating its faith? Like like like, like why is it so important that they're this upstanding individual? And it's yeah, it becomes more about the tech. They care. They actually care about the technique as opposed to what's actually being made, which is, you know, actually very secular to do when it's all about the technique and is really um, robs it of its Christian essence, which is like, it's truth. So it be like you, you um, basically take this art, this piece here, you rob it of its, of it, like of its, um, of its
0: truth because you care more about how it was made. The, the analogy that I always use is that the art the, the picture hanging on the museum wall and the individual looking at the picture, right, at, let's say, six feet back, that space in between is the mystery, right? It'd be one thing to have somebody come up to you and say, well, this is why he'd brush like this, and this is why the paint is that color, and in the history mm-hmm. of that time, there's a limit on red, so they'd use this, and blah, 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 blah. You've just now completely... De- de-sexified. Yeah. It's no longer yeah, yeah, a yeah. sexy art. It, it has no... Po- that space in between where the artifact hangs and where that you are standing and ingesting it and taking it in, that is the space where the Holy Spirit can bring the piece of art to you where you're standing. Not you need to go up to it to understand it. It brings it to you. And when art is taken in and brought to you at your place in life at that place in time it resonates with you in the way that God wants it to. That's why a person that is not a practicing Christian can create something that is truly beautiful, that can resonate and tell you something about yourself and about your faith that nothing else could have done, because the Holy Spirit can use that, that truth to meet you. But when you need to when you need to explain everything away, it's like when people, you know, people, people say, um, you know, um, can you, can you, can you play some songs and then explain them? Well, it's like, if I explain them, then I'm I'm telling you what these songs are to me. I'm not telling you, I'm not allowing you your authentic experience of the song, which is to take it in and have the spirit work with you and help you hear it the way you need to hear it. I've had many songs that hit me a certain way and I love it. And then I hear, like, years later, the artist explain where it came from. And it, like, ruins it for me. Because I'm like, ah, oh, that's not what it meant to me. Like, you know, Who Let the Dogs Out was a pro. It was a, a intense, Absolutely. you know, connection to. I literally felt like metaphorically there were dogs in me and they were let out. I didn't and know I you, was like, you I really don't... wanted to know. The 90s are dogs... fantastic. <laughs> this will never end. Yeah. Literally,
2: I have referenced that song probably 15 times in the last two weeks because I just got a puppy. And uh, yeah. everyone says, hey, I'm going to let the docs out. And I go, who? Who? <laughs> who? <laughs> and literally Uh-oh. everyone in my family, including the four-year-old, rolls their eyes at me. And I just go away to the corner.
0: Yeah. <sighs> <sighs> That was like me. That was like me this week, but with thong song. (laughs) Hey Uh, kids, uh, look what Daddy's wearing! I'm the (laughs) hip, cool homeschooling
1: dad. I'm wearing said what? (laughs) What? what? You just walked into a room. (laughs) Thong song. (laughs) Thong song. (laughs) Gouley dumps Uh. like a truck. (laughs) Truck. (laughs) Truck. (laughs) Ooh, let those little dogs go. (laughs) How funny,
2: man! That is so funny. I just watched The Sound of Music for the first time, and they were singing. uh, when the dog bites, ouch! ouch. <laughs> yeah. When the bee stings, I'm, I'm allergic. allergic. <laughs> and I would say that during the thing, and the kids were cracking up, but then they are not a big Will Ferrell fans yet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So, yeah. um, like who, like what are some artists right now that uh, you're hearing? Like, holy crap, this is this is really good. Yeah. Like, this is really hitting me hard. Like, who's new? Who's new? Yeah.
0: Well, um, the. He's not like new new, but I think what boni bonnie approach to music I think is pretty remarkable mm-hmm. he, rem- he reminds me of um Peter Gabriel and how the songs are just sonic landscapes that even if even like some of his lyrics too when you, when you when you tune into his lyrics, you're like, oh, that's actually not that great, but like in the context of the song, you know uh they really kind of elevate so I've been impressed with like specifically his live live stuff um but you know, like another like band, um, I mentioned like Edward Sharp. Those guys, specifically the lyrics, I think um, Alex is really onto some some stuff uh, that is is really profound. I had a moment in the podcast with him when he was like describing his approach to um, to to being to live performance and trying to find. He's like, I'm really just trying to be open and see. It'd be like see the people and, and respond the right way and be open to how I should feel. I should respond in meeting people and communicate with them. And as he's talking, I'm like, you mean just being open to the Holy spirit? And he's like, well, no, I mean like I'm trying to, and he's like struggling and then eventually he's like, okay, yes, yes. Open to the Holy spirit. I'm like, I mean, that's what I call it. So, yeah. but, but he's, he's one of those guys that um, is so right there. He is so right there. He just, it, and it's almost like he, uh, to admit it would be again you know, too much against his prides or something. I don't know. But I mean, that's not new. They're, they're like, Oh wait. But besides that, man, I, because I'm writing a new record, I've really been just going back to my, like the band, mm-hmm. like my oldies, the guys that like get me through like the band and, and, and Dylan, um, there's a guy named Daniel Lenoir. Who's been, he's like one of my Mount Rushmore artists that is just up there. Um, so I'm kind of in a phase of of swimming in what I know inspires me. So I'm not on the hunt or on the prowl. But is there somebody I should check uh, out? I don't know. Uh,
1: Lizzo, good stuff. Yeah, good stuff. She plays the flute as well. Okay, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yes, has no yes flute. Um, I've actually been really into. Um, there's a band called The Antlers. They're uh, it's like Brooklyn indie band that i really i've been really digging i don't know what the lyrics mean i just love the sound of it so right uh you guys are so it, cool you guys are so cool
0: <laughs>
1: it's okay gomer i'm you like your... uh i listen to
2: a podcast on facebook marketing uh <laughs> <laughs> timothy keller's entire sermon series on marriage and then on generosity No, that's not it <laughs> Hey, well, I listened I'll... to No, no, that was another audiobook.
1: Well, I'm screwed. <laughs> <laughs> I've also I've been listening to The Ringers podcast on Star Wars. So,
0: there you go. Hey, you know, though honestly, I yeah, all all I do is listen to is audiobooks. What do you listen to now? I just finished like audiobook. I just finished uh Robbie Robertson's autobiography testimony. And before that it was uh Eric Clapton's autobiography and before that it was uh Keith Richards and before that was uh Bruce Springsteen. I'm detecting a so, pattern. Yeah, <laughs> detecting a pattern. <laughs> Although I'm doing the the screw tape letters are the next is the next audiobook for me. And yeah. it, and hey. just look, let me mind it just so you know in between those were have been spurts of Thomas Merton and Teresa of Avila. Oh, sure. So. Yeah,
2: sugarcoated. It. It's
0: fine.
2: <laughs> um, <laughs> Keith Richards <laughs> Uh, Keith Richards, then Thomas Merton Late Thomas Merton, man. you know, the Buddha stage um, <laughs> Both went to Sweden <laughs> to get blood trans transfusion um, done To keep them alive longer Funny <laughs> No, what I was going to say was uh, Oh man, I just lost it Son of a bitch Oh, you said something that
1: Oh, Keith Richards, cocaine oh,
2: It was before that
1: Pollen Pollen the- <laughs> Audiobooks, <laughs> studio, musicians Dog in a van <laughs> and we've got full. But man, I had a funny Audible joke. Oh, now it slipped through my fingers. Is uh, is the Keith Richards one? The one where he has where he has like Johnny Depp where he reads it or yeah. something like that. Yeah, I've I've heard part of that. I got really sick in my car playing that one time driving back. Like not because of that, just like mm. like got like a weird virus, and I mm. pulled over in Coachella, like a, like around where mm. they had the festival, puked in. Uh, a where was I like one of those Desert like rest bush. stops, and <laughs> yeah. then like tried to check into a hotel, did then like went outside and just vomited profusely, and was like holy crap I'm gonna die, and then mm-hmm. went to bed and I never picked it back up again after that so oh that's fun
0: perhaps it's time. And you probably look like half the people in
1: Coachella.
2: <laughs> <laughs> puking your guts out. They're hey, like, this is no, weird. Is that... It's
0: not happening now, but this guy is clearly, like, coming off of That's... some drug. just on Molly or something with the uh, pukes. I grab.
2: remembered. I remember what I was going to say. There you see?
1: see what I did? I told, I told my puking story. And,
2: and it, Luke, you brought Coachella. it. You breathed new life into it. It was when you said uh, screw tape letters. Now, mm-hmm. the dude from Monty Python... Uh, which uh, the really famous one? He John Cleese. Re- yes, thank you. John Cleese yeah. recorded Screw Tape Letters, and really? he oh, goes really? full out. And you can get it on YouTube for free, but it's all chopped up. Yeah, is that an Audible? Uh, I don't. Let me let me check while we're talking. Because I but... I
0: just I just spent a credit on it. I don't have to.
2: Well, you, you hey finagle. Audible has the most generous return policy. Blah blah blah. You can, <laughs> you can immediately send it back. Uh, screw Tape Letters.
0: Well, yeah, that's name? been my John.
2: Uh, John Cleese. No, you got to pull it from, I think it's still on YouTube. Yeah.
1: Are we going to wait now? No. I, <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. There's I no just checked Audible. It's not on Audible. <laughs> I'm not, oh, even, okay. I'm not even interested in the book anymore. <laughs> <laughs> the time is fast. We've <laughs> yeah, moved on so to on uh, better up Christian writers. People like... Ah, I'm drawing a blank.
2: Bob well, Saget. Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Bob Saget. <laughs> His stand up's great. Um re- I got a funny story about yeah. Bob Saget. Go on. Uh, this is Bob Saget's, I went to high school with Bob Saget's wife. <laughs> <Huh>. <laughs> yeah. Really? Kelly Rizzo. Yeah. She was uh went to Glenbrook South with me. Um she's you know, she's twenty years younger than he. But um Do what you gotta else. do. She's great. She's great. She does like a music. She's like a music critic, and she does uh, food blogging. Whoa! Fantastic. She yeah. is gorgeous. Huh?
2: huh. Uh, did you ever, did you ever try to put the moves on her? Did you ever ask her to prom? No,
0: I I, I never did. Uh, I dated the same girl for seven years in high school as part of that seven years. So ah. I was uh, everybody kind of knew I was taken. Mm. Enough yeah. said. Well, they so but which meant they felt safe with me. So girls. <laughs> Girls are very very open with me. They share yeah. th- thoughts and feelings. How wrong they were! <laughs> wrong, yeah. And then I wrote
2: my book. <laughs> hey, just so you know, I sent the link to the YouTube uh, complete thing in the. No one uh, cares, Gormley, in the uh, <laughs> Catching Foxes chat or in the uh, Skype chat
1: here. Mm, there, there you go. You. Hey, nice. you're welcome. I'm a servant, the servant of all. Um, this has been awesome. <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Uh, we're about like an hour, like 40 minutes in. Uh, do you want to tell people like where they can go and find your stuff?
0: My, you can find my stuff. Um, all over the interwebs. All over the interwebs. Yeah, I have a website that is, it's so active it looks like it doesn't change much. It's one of those <laughs> optical illusions. <laughs> uh, it's my name.com, Uh Mangione is mangi one. Not Mangina. We established that earlier. I apologize. Sorry to make it all about junior high jokes. I used to to tour with a guy named Dave Tampkin, and we would always say it was Tampon and Mangina. (laughs) (laughs) God is here. (laughs) (laughs) The heavy flow tour. That's awesome.
1: Well, um, I can attest, uh, I really love your stuff. It is quite good. So everyone go uh, uh, go and listen. It's good.
0: Yeah, it go really go on Spotify and just let that baby roll. Yeah. Let it roll for a while. <laughs>
1: I don't mind. Allow uh, these kids to eat.
0: Yeah, we'll get uh, food that way. Uh, also, I'm on <laughs> like you know Instagram. I p- always post. Instagram is my favorite. Is I think really? that's my favorite. Yeah, that's well. I just because I'm constantly traveling and it's hard to like tweet and incorporate Instagram. It's hard to like Facebook. Uh, so I'm sorry. It's hard to tweet. You know, when you're traveling, and you're moving. Instagram is just the most like readily available, and I love, yeah. I love that. So I don't know if I follow you on Instagram or not.
1: I will change that.
0: Yeah, make it happen, bro. Sorry.
2: You're um, in a uh, turkey costume doing a 5K?
0: Yeah, that was a 5K. I was the turkey guy. Look, check that picture out, right? Yeah. It took me about... One point eight seconds when I took that hat thing off to realize I needed to like put it back on or put it over my shoulder. Yeah, because it's Because it looked really inappropriate. Yes. Huge <laughs> dong. Yes. That is huge. <laughs> That's all I can see in this. Oh yeah. Can we use that as our album artwork <laughs> for this show? I would. Pref- I would prefer it. Okay. Oh, you literally you you did it while we're you, you're following me while we're talking. That's great. Yep. Every time as
2: you guys talk and I have no idea what you're saying.
0: Oh, my name's Luke, and I'm
2: going to talk with Mike about the inside of the music industry. I'm like, clickety-clack, every little keyword they say, I put it into my search (laughs) engine. I already have, like, 20 show notes for us. I went on your whole page. I've explored your shitty website. It's been awesome. I didn't say it was shitty. I said it's No, 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 I did. I did. I see. I led Uh, with that. Hey, you got a Patreon page.
0: I do. (laughs) Good for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was... Yeah, yeah. I do have a Patreon page, and that yeah, I I do a lot. I I only do creative endeavors, so like with that Patreon. So on Thursday, I'm going into the studio to do some recording, and all that's Patreon's cool because that enables me to do all that shiz when I don't have the funds to do it. Nice, nice. I will
2: include a link in the show notes. No, I won't, Luke. Only plug ours.
1: Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's exhausting,
0: right? It is constantly plugging. Cool. Well, huh, huh, thanks, man. This is fun. Yeah. yeah. And if you guys know any good website people, let me know because Squarespace. Squarespace. <laughs> Not Banzoogle? You don't like Banzoogle? No. It's Canadian.
2: Yeah, that's reasonable. Watch out. I'm just kidding. They will screw you over. <laughs> Canadians. No, but I, I do love all this stuff that you're doing. It is awesome. And uh, the next time you talk to the old uh, Christopher West, tell him we said hi.
1: I will tell them the ladies I'm... of catching foxes says
0: hello. <laughs> tell
1: them that the pollen guys are like, thank you for the pollen still, in face.
0: Still cleaning up the
1: studio.
0: We did it bring nooks. a
1: towel. <laughs> <laughs> That's really gross. That was gross. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs>